Hey everybody, welcome back to Writing in Progress. This is Justin Kreps and I'm joined here with John Woolley. How you doing today, John? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Awesome. It's a Thursday. It's a Friday Eve. So Friday's tomorrow. That's big. So made it through another week. How you doing? How's the, how's the kid doing? Pretty good. Always little challenges here and there. He's been a little bit uh, grumpy the last few days for me, but... Uh... Well, that'll happen with babies. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. But uh, hopefully, he he stays relatively quiet here today while we're podcasting. But if if you hear yeah. a baby in the background, that that's what's going on. <laughs> and if you hear two screaming kids, that'll be mine. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm happy to be back. We're we're going with another unscripted episode here today. This is kind of what we're going to try for a while. We we John and I basically shoot ideas back and forth to each other over text. And uh, John suggested, hey, why don't we do an episode about creativity? Let's talk about creativity, maybe give some examples of some things uh, that inspire us to be creative. And uh, I thought that would be a really cool conversation to have, kind of what is creativity and, and how do we harness it, right? This this kind of mythical thing, this, this, this ability that some people seem to have mastered and other people really struggle with, you know, what's the secret? So uh, I think I'm going to pose a question to you first, John, and just... In, in your own words, what do you think creativity is? That's a great question. I really haven't even thought about it. I think that, to me, creativity is is making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's taking something and creating something new that no one's ever seen before and no one knows anything about. And sometimes you don't even know where it's going or where it's going to end up. Uh, I think creativity is a little bit innate. I think there's some people that just really struggle in the area of creativity and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes more easily to uh, other people. But I think at the root, creativity centers, for me anyway, something that's really great creatively centers on something that's happened in my life, something that I'm relating to. And it has a genuineness factor uh, hmm. to it. What about you? What do you think about creativity? So I actually talked about this in class quite a bit with my seventh graders um, in engineering. So uh, when we're doing our design projects, right, um, there's an element of creativity to that, right? Like you're, de- like you said, you're making something out of nothing. You're, you're designing a new uh, solution to this problem. And right. um Seventh graders, a lot of times, are intimidated by that, right? And I think writers are intimidated by that. Right. And um, I spend a lot of time telling kids that, although I, I agree with you that it kind of comes more naturally to some people than others, um, I firmly believe creativity, anyone can be creative. I um, totally agree. And I think um, uh I have this kind of feeling where as human beings, sometimes we have these kind of imagined self-imposed limitations. Um, And I think a lot of people, because they don't really understand creativity, just say, oh, I'm not creative. Um, And that's kind of this imagined self-imposed limitation. Another example I would use is someone who says, oh, I just don't get technology. Well, if you you know, learned about technology. If you went on YouTube and watched a tutorial, then you would know how to do technology, right? So sometimes as humans, we like to kind of take this excuse of, well, I just don't know how to do that. I don't have that ability. Um, And when you look behind the scenes at most people's creative process, it is a process. It's not this like magic ability where it's like, I'm just creative. 
creativity is linked very closely to brainstorming. And if you only spend two minutes brainstorming, well, guess what? You're not going to be very creative. How many ideas can you genuinely have in two minutes, right? But if you spend a month brainstorming and you have your notebook on you at all times and you actually commit to it, well, I bet at the end of that month, your notebook's going to have a lot of ideas and, oh boy, you're creative now, right? And it wasn't really an ability thing. It was a commitment thing. Um, so I think if you commit to being creative, um, it, it's kind of as much of a, a skill um, as it is an, an, a magic ability. I totally agree. Uh, two examples that come to mind. One was uh, years ago, our school had Gordon Gee come speak to us. And one of the things that stuck out is he said he went to, he was traveling around and he met uh, the presidents of several really big Asian universities. And they were just killing it in the area of Bath and some of these other areas. They were so strong. And he said, many of them pulled him aside and said, we don't understand how you teach creativity. We don't understand how it seems like your country again and again makes things that people haven't seen before, you know, and how many companies and software ideas are founded here. Another one that I found interesting is uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Picasso started out as a formal painter. You know, he's hmm. trying to paint like the like the Dutch masters. And he's sitting here trying to paint and none of his paintings look right. And, you know, all his teachers are like, you're never going to make it. And finally, he throws his hands up and says, you know what? I'm going to be Picasso. I'm going to paint totally different than what anyone's seen before. I'm doing it my way. And then we see something genuine and something totally different than anyone's ever seen before. And all of a sudden, he's no longer one of those people. He's Picasso. So, And you're right. There was a process there. Yeah, I think um, that hits on something important too. And you kind of uh, touched on this briefly earlier. I, I think the more true you can be to yourself and the more um, comfortable you get in sharing who you are and kind of putting your own unique stamp on things. Um, I think that's a big part of creativity. So, so maybe confidence um, and security in yourself is, is as big a part of creativity as anything, which isn't something I would have immediately right. thought of linking to creativity. So that's, that's an interesting thought. Um, Another kind of piece of advice I would have with creativity when it comes to writing specifically is start small. Um, I think creativity can be an intimidating thing. So everyone wants to start off with a novel, right? Right. Um, and there's a lot of development and thought and planning that has to go into a novel. So it's very easy to uh, be staring that in the face and say, well, I'm not creative enough for this. Well, it takes time. So... Um, something that really kind of jump-started my creativity last summer was I started writing these one-page short stories, right? I remember that. Some of those were really good, too. Oh, thanks, man. And um, what I found was that's a lot less, intim less intimidating because you're just working on a very small idea. You can be really creative about a small idea relatively quickly. Right. Um, but a novel, you know, that, that's, that takes years. So... If, if you're someone who, I think we've had some listeners that have, have reached out to me and, and maybe you that say, I'm not really a writer, but I really like listening to you guys. And I've always wanted to write, but I'm not creative enough for it. I've heard that one before. My advice to those people would be, well, don't start with a novel. Start with little poems or little essays or little short stories. And you might find being creative in those small pieces might come easier 
And with that, you'll develop the confidence, you'll develop your voice, you'll develop all those things. And then before you know it, oh, I'm I'm a lot more creative than I realized. You know, I, I wrote my first uh, couple books, whole books, doing exactly what you said not to do. And I was imitating someone else. And what happened was I put things on Facebook that were literally little conversations. You know, these are 20 to 40 word conversations and they're getting all these likes. And, I, and then I started putting those conversations together as essays and, and building from there. That was really, really effective. Uh, it's funny how that kind of works. And, you know, they say you, rather than uh, trying to start out with a whole book, no one would start out trying to run a marathon. Hey, I never yeah. ran before. I'm going to try 26.2 miles. No, that's crazy. Uh, same thing with I'm going to just start with a book. That's that's crazy. Uh, and it does feel good to get a piece finished. And I think that's for me why essays have really stuck with me because I can get a piece finished and have that small triumph. Hey, mm -hmm. I got this done. Uh, one of the big things in finance they've moved to is rather than trying to pay off all your debts or just looking at the, the highest interest rate and being like, okay, your, your mortgage is the highest. So pay this off uh, in the next 20 years. They have changed that because people just felt defeated. And they said, why don't you just look at one that you could take out in the next month and do that regardless of what it is. And then you get the snowball effect. And mm -hmm. I think you can have that in writing too. You know, sometimes just get something down. No doubt. Another big piece of advice, and we're going to jump to examples here in just a couple of minutes, but I've got two more little notes here I'd like to say. One is talk to other writers or readers. Talk to other people. Um, just doing this podcast with John gives me inspiration for creativity. Just talking with someone about writing inspires yeah. me to want to write more. Oh, me too. And so, like, we we recorded our first episode in, in months last weekend, and... um this week I wrote a chapter and I haven't written a chapter in a very long time. So, uh, and I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, um, I, when I actually find someone who's, who's read parts of my book and talks to me about it, like that gets me so excited and I start feeling all these ideas flying off. So, so find someone to talk to. Um, if you can find, I know in COVID times, this is kind of hard to do, but if you can find a, a book club or some sort of writing club or something, or, or just a friend, um, you know, have coffee with them and, and talk about writing. It helps. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I uh, got to keep those creative juices flowing. And a lot of times with creative people around other creative people, they kind of bond real quick. And then all of a sudden you're talking about this stuff and you're thinking of new things and uh, those neurons start firing and you're like, oh, oh, now I got a new idea. Yeah. And then my last little bullet point here I have is reduce distractions and be bored. Um, and I think, John, I think you've talked to me about this before, about how um, just like I think it was when you used to wake up super early to start writing just because you had nothing else to think about. It kind of let your brain be creative. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll do that sometimes when I'm, you know, really in my writing zone. I'll I'll drive to work with the music off and just in my head be playing through, you know, different writing ideas, um, you know, so. I think sometimes just kind of get, I don't, you know, if you want to meditate or, or whatever, but uh, letting yourself have just kind of a distraction free time, you're, you're going to be more creative during that time because your brain actually has time to do that. And I think your subconscious works on things while you're not paying attention, but it needs those things in there to be working on. 
So if you just put your writing aside, you don't touch it for your subconscious, not working on that. But if you just do something as simple as I'm going to reread these last five pages. Yeah. And then, like you said, drive to work with the radio off. It may be not till six o'clock that night. All of a sudden you're going to sit up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just figured something out that I previously didn't because a lot of times our brains are working on things as part of that creative process when we're not even uh, consciously doing it. So many times I've been thinking hard about something, gone to sleep, literally woke up at like four in the morning and went, oh my gosh, I, I got it. I figured this out. And I've literally ran downstairs and wrote it down real quick. I know people that even keep things next to their bed so they can do that. Yeah, that's an excellent. And you, you hit on a really key point there, I think. You have to be like engaged, even if it's just a little bit. I, I know when I'm the right level of engaged in my writing because I have ideas in the shower. And I'm not right. unique in that. It's a very common thing you hear from creative types of, oh, I have all these great ideas in the shower, right? Well, it's because in the shower, you're not thinking about anything. You're, you're just showering, you know? <laughs> and um, so, but what if, if I haven't written in months, I don't just spontaneously have these ideas in the shower, right? Like, it, but when I'm, when I'm actively working, you know, I might have, I have a notebook in my shower, which is crazy. It's a waterproof notebook, but like I, I will take notes and I'll, I'll have two or three while I'm in the sh- shower sometimes. It's funny you say that. I was listening to this podcast with Aaron Sorkin, and he said when he got stuck in writing one of these movies or, or scripts that he's writing, he just would get stuck, and he would go take a shower nice. and come back, and he would be unstuck. And he said one of the funny things is I was going through a rough time writing this script, and I took like four showers in a day. The next day I was taking like five showers. <laughs> there you go. Cleanest you've ever been. Yeah, huge yeah. water bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the thing you said about the subconscious also kind of rang a bell for me when I was first getting started. Now I was doing this also kind of almost as like a method thing, but um, in my book, there's, there's a lot of stuff about the subconscious and dreams and, and all that. But I started keeping a dream journal. Um, and when you do that, you start to remember a lot more from your dreams. Um, and there can be some pretty creative and trippy stuff that happens in your dreams sometimes. So if, if, you're looking for, you know, something to jumpstart your creativity, um, trying a dream journal, you know, wake up, write down everything you remember from your dreams. Uh, you might find there's some interesting things buried in there sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it was bizarre. Um, when I did it because I, you know, I, I read about it and they said, you won't believe it. You'll start remembering 10 times what you normally remember in dreams. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. And after like a week of doing it, it, it was like that. Like I could, every night I could recall tons of stuff that happens in my dreams, which normally, um, I can't remember anything that happened. You know, I wake up, I instantly forget anything I dreamed about. Like I could recall so many things. It was, it was a super interesting, um, experiment. Very interesting. All right. So John, what are some examples of things that maybe you've encountered recently that maybe um, help to jumpstart your creativity? Well, a couple things I saw recently. Uh, one was uh, on Disney Plus, they released Hamilton a couple months ago. And I'd heard all about it, but I hadn't watched it or anything. And and I just couldn't believe this Lin-Manuel Miranda could take a dry historical book and then also use different, different ethnic groups as the main characters and pull it all together and he totally pulled it off. It was just so shockingly good. And I just sat there. It's one of those things where it ends and you just sit in silence. And you're just like, I cannot believe that's genius. Now, to go with the creativity part, um, Netflix 
dropped a series called Song Explorer, and he has one of the episodes about one of the songs on there called Wait For It. And he tells a story about how uh, he was going to see a friend. And, you know, he's just living in an apartment right now. He has nothing. He's not famous for anything. He did a, a Broadway play, but it didn't do great. And so he, he's just trying to write this. And he goes to see this friend. It's a long train ride. And all of a sudden, wait for it, just comes to him. And he just is like, I, I don't know what to do. So he takes his phone. And he starts recording himself singing it, saying the words as fast as he can so he doesn't lose them, almost like you with that uh, uh, dream notebook. And it was really neat to see his side of creativity. Like he's like, I got it. I got it. And he said, he showed up to his friend's birthday party, literally had one drink, shook his friend's hand and was like, happy birthday. I just got this song and I got to work on it. And he said he was working on it all the way back. And then a really cool part of the show was he still had that on his phone and he played it. And it's like, this is the original song. This is me singing it without any music. And it was really cool. It was a really cool, uh, way to see him work through the creative process. Yeah. I think that's something that that there's an adrenaline rush to that, that, that all creative types have felt. And, and it's really cool. It almost feels like you're discovering something um, rather than creating something. And, and you feel like you're going to lose it. So there is this like race against time of, Oh, I got to get this down. So I don't forget it. Um, You know, it's like this kind of ethereal thing that could, uh, just like slip away if <laughs> you don't capture it right away. And I heard this funny story that uh, Michael Jackson would always be writing these songs down. Mm-hmm. And sometimes really late at night and people come in and say, hey, you got to go to sleep. He's like, no, I have to write these down. I'm going to lose them. God gives me these songs. And they're like, well, well can't you write them down tomorrow? He's like, no, if I don't write them down, he's going to give them to Prince instead of me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So, um yeah, I think Hamilton obviously is beloved by so many people. And I, I think it, something else that goes along with that, not only is it a genius work, um, but I think the story itself is such, you know, like an underdog story. And, yes. And I mean, Hamilton, like his persona in that is like, I'm going to just write like crazy. <laughs> I'm going to write like He's no going to make it with his pen. That's one of the whole themes of the entire thing. And I didn't realize that going into it. There's a whole song where he's like, and I'm going to write and write and write and write, and <laughs> literally write my way out of poverty, write my way to fame, and mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, so as a writer, that one definitely, I think, um, probably is inspiring to a lot of people. And yeah, sometimes the behind-the-scenes stuff um, can really be powerful and motivating. And, you know, um, well, you and I, when we first were starting to do this kind of thing, we, we started watching those master class um, yeah. things. And, and hearing Neil Gaiman talk about his process, you know, I mean, it's when you kind of see behind the veil and you start to hear what makes these guys tick, it's, it's yes. really hard not to be motivated and inspired to, to do some of those things yourself. So um, I also think music is a, is a powerful kind of stimulant to the creative process. Um, uh, we've talked about this before, but um I love listening to like epic music movie scores. Oh, me too. When I'm writing, when I'm brainstorming, sometimes, you know, those drives to work where I want to think about things, you know, I'll be playing uh, the theme from uh, Interstellar or something like that. Yeah. You know, one of yeah. those like, epic, anything Hans Zimmer. I know all or, the songs know. from Gladiator. I know <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. songs from all these different movies that are just pure instrumental. Mm-hmm. 
And something about music, man, it, it just gets the, those juices flowing and, and gets you thinking in some sort of way. And, and sometimes it's just like, because there's a score, you have to fill it in with something. Right. And all of a sudden there's this rising action almost. And you're like, yeah. I know that rising action. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to make that into my own. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And something else I'll do. Um, and this is kind of interesting and you gotta be careful with it. Cause like, um, you know, I feel like there come, there's a fine line between like getting inspiration and then like kind of using that as a crutch and like not listening to your own thoughts because you're being too um, locked into other things. But sometimes, you know, picking a, a show from your genre or a movie from your genre and watching that can be kind of inspiring and creative. And um, I like to do that in the beginning sometimes. Um but you have to be careful sometimes that you don't uh, get trapped by it. I don't know if I'm describing that right, but um, you don't no, want your voice that's, that's to be absolutely true. Yeah, your voice to be altered because you've. Um, this is a silly example, but in college, um, I got really into House, uh, the show. Oh, I loved House. Loved yeah, it. I loved House too. And I found my own like humor style became very sarcastic for like a few oh, months yeah. because I was watching I House for thing. hours every day. And, you know, as a writer, I do think you have to be a little guarded about that. Like, are you letting outside things influence your writing? Um, sometimes that might be a good thing, but I think sometimes it could also be a I bad thing. I think you do have to be guarded. I actually uh, knew a guy that worked at a literary journal. And so they just had all these short stories pouring in, just endlessly wanting to be in their literary journal. And he said every once in a while you'd pick one up and after the first paragraph you'd be like, okay, all this guy does is read Faulkner. And it's yeah. clear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or all this guy does is read Hemingway and it's clear he died period in the pouring rain period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do use it sometimes. Um, you know, if, if I've been in a lull for a long time and I just need a jump start, you know, I, yeah. I need that spark. Um, I, I love um, movies or show that are based off books because um, you know, there's just a deeper level to that. Um and sometimes like the imagery, if it's directed correctly, the imagery and stuff just puts me in that place that I need to be. Um, you know, this, this one wasn't, isn't even really the same genre as the book I'm writing now, but I remember watching, uh, the lovely bones and the imagery from that movie and stuff just for whatever reason was like a spark to me and got me writing again. And, um, you know, there's tons of examples of, of of different things like that, but I've even gone as far as to like get, magazines that had pictures that inspired me you know whether they were from movies or something like that and cut them out and made like posters and stuck them on a wall and uh uh use those as kind of background so i could always look up and think about oh yeah 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 i've done that before and i think it can be a useful tool in your process you just have to know where it fits in your process so yes for example, I've got my leather bound book right here. Um, there's like an idea I've been developing for a novel down the road sometime. It's kind of a murder mystery thriller um, based around a school where a student has been wrongly accused of a murder and a teacher knows that he's innocent. So the teacher has to kind of um, try to solve the crime. Right. So, right. Um, and I have written on the first page here. um hear me opening my notebook um thematic inspiration i have season one of true detective serial which is a podcast so there's a tv show a podcast 
I have Mr. Mercedes, which is a book. I have Bad Education, which is a movie. And I have The Wire, which is a television series. So four different mediums of inspiration. But all those things are things that whenever it comes time for me to write this book, I know I could go experience those things and it would put me in the headspace I want to be in as I write this. So I, I, I would, and I, I'm a big fan of, you can have thematic inspiration. Now, when I write it, am I going to write it like, okay, this needs to be exactly like serial? Like, no, but it puts me in that headspace. I agree. And I think one of the the cool things with this is you can be totally inspired by something. You can write down those ideas. And as a writer, you haven't grown enough to take those where you want them to be, but you have them written down. You have the ideas, you have the inspiration. Uh, I was listening to David Sedaris once and he said he would write essays, whole essays, and then just say, this isn't good enough. This is not what I want. And then, but they would be in that notebook. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I would look at that notebook years and years later. And I'd say, Oh, I know how to do this now. This was Mm -hmm. actually really good, but I just didn't know how to do it. And now I do. And it would be kind of cool to come back to that in two years when you're a little bit more experienced to say, look at that same material and be like, I think I know how to do this now. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's and and what I did with this and I have 12 pages in there of different ideas and stuff. And I haven't written a word in the book and I've sworn I'm not going to do that until I finish the book I'm on. Right. Um, finish the book you're on. That's key. Right. That's key. Yeah. You can't, you can't be jumping from one to another all the time. No, you'll never get any of them done. You'll never get any of them. No, exactly. Um, but I did take the time and spent a whole day out in my backyard. It was, um, I actually think I dated it. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, May 4th, 2020. I spent the whole day out in my backyard, just writing ideas with a pen in my leather bound notebook. And, um, when the time comes, I'll read through that. Now I'm going to read through that and half of it, I'm going to say, okay, this is junk. <laughs> and there'll be some gonna, jewels in there. There'll be there a couple pieces be. of gold in there. Exactly. It's, it's a seed. It's going to grow. Um, and, but you, that's creativity, right? That if you plant enough seeds and you take the time to let them grow, if you really commit to brainstorming, cause it, it accumulates, um, people, read a book and when you read it and you don't know what went into it, you think, Oh, this genius author had this idea and they just wrote it all out. No, it, they, they over years took different things and put them together. And at the end, it all came together into this beautiful story, but it didn't just come out of the ground out of nowhere. Right. It it was all put together over time and that's creativity. It's a process. It's not as glamorous as we like to think. Uh, but it's, it's hard work, it's time, and it's a beautiful thing when you, you get to the end. I think one of the, one of the keys there too is, uh, plant a bunch of seeds in these ideas. So you have one idea there, maybe you have another idea later on in the book and things like that. I'll tell you, one of the things I've learned is the seeds you want to grow are not always the ones that turn into a tree. And, uh, I was sure, Hey, I'm doing another car seat conversations. I'm going to, I have to, it's going to be called car seat conversations part two, because an agent looked at my first manuscript, liked it, signed me, sent it off to publishers. I might get it published. I have to write another one of these. And so I started working on those seeds and it just wasn't going anywhere. Then I had seeds somewhere else and I watched those start to grow a little bit. Uh, I was telling my brother some funny stories and he's, he was like, Hey, uh, 
Do you ever notice that a bunch of your funny stories involve cars and our family owning broke down cars or your car broke down or this or that? And I was like, that is kind of funny. And it planted this seed of my life through cars. I could actually tell my life story through these different cars that my family's owned and I've owned and the funny stories that relate around those. And I started fleshing that out a tiny bit. And then uh, as I started writing, I found that I was writing essays about people that were kind of on the fringe of my life, not people in the most important, but people on the fringe, I often found very interesting. So I started writing these stories and those stories were the ones that really started to click for me. So it's kind of funny. It's not always what you think will take off that takes off. Yeah. And I think there was something, uh, a little part there that struck with me that's interesting too, is sometimes being creative isn't coming up with this crazy idea. It's what's a different perspective I could take. Um, So telling a life story through cars um, is a different perspective that's really creative when you think about it, right? Right. Even though it's the same story that it's just a different twist on it and suddenly it's more creative. I, I I was a little delirious after being awake for 35 straight hours or whatever. But I remember shortly after my wife gave birth to my son, um, I wanted to write about it and I haven't yeah. yet and I, I should, but I, I almost want to write kind of a little story, an essay of, of that crazy day in our lives. Right. And um, an idea, we, she was in labor for so long. We had four different nurses. We went through four shifts of nurses. Um, so we had a nurse for like two hours right? and then we had a nurse for 12 hours and 12 hours and then a nurse at the very end for like two hours. And when I was thinking about writing this story, I said, wouldn't it be interesting to write it from each nurse's perspective? Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Tell the story of this couple, which was us, but tell it from the nurse's perspective and how, you know, each one of them saw a very different version of us yes. based on if it was hour <laughs> one and two or hour, you know, 31 and 32. Um, so that was kind of an idea. That is a to- neat idea. I really, <laughs> I really like that. That is great. I was, uh, when I wrote the story of my youngest daughter being born 10 weeks early, and my wife was on uh, six weeks of bed rest before that. So for mm-hmm. six weeks, I went to the hospital every day. I was there every single night. And then my daughter was born, and then she was in the NICU. Anyway, I lived at the hospital. And one of the neat things that came out of that story is the whole sub-life of a hospital. There's yeah. these giant towers where some of the richest people in society often just rub elbows with the lowest people in society all the time. And it was just neat to watch this. And there's just doors that go who knows where. And I have all this time in the hospital. I'm just like, I live here now. So I would just, they were, we had this one part, it was under construction. I totally just went in there, pushed the plastic aside, just walked around in there. I had to just push on doors. I wonder if this is unlocked. It totally is. Hey, this is where they keep all the ice cream cones. That's awesome. I can tell you right now, they don't let you do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> they do at two in the morning if you're really bored. I'm going to tell you right now. I got to know a lot of secrets of those hospitals. Yeah. With COVID stuff, they don't want you leaving the room. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, right now, they the COVID, it's a little bit, they're a little yeah, bit more it's on it's totally edge different there. now, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was something, that's a cool point you bring up. Uh, we're getting a little off topic here. We, we got to probably wrap this up pretty soon. But it, it it's really interesting to me that it was this amazing day in my life, you know, the biggest day in my life ever. I'm having, it's the birth of my first child and my right. wife and I are feeling every emotion you could ever feel. And you don't realize that there's 20 other people on the floor doing the same thing. And tomorrow there'll be 20 other people. And to these people (laughs) working here, it's just, 
another, you know, daily it's like a conveyor belt. It's like a factory of babies just pouring it's, out. It's just mind blowing how like uh, two different people can be experiencing the same thing and feeling so differently about it. That's awesome. But that's what's beautiful about being an author, I think, is you kind of can let your brain try and think of, okay, how does this look from their perspective? And, and that's a key part of being an author. I think. And I think there's a genuineness that is the baseline of all of that, you know, mm-hmm. and you hit on a, this is my first child. This is the emotions I have on this. What about the other people around here? And if you root it to that genuineness you just talked about, I think that's the key. That's the key to the whole thing is I have this genuine experience. I have these genuine feelings and then I'm going to root those, but then I'm going to spread out kind of like the, the petals of a flower go out, but then they keep coming back to that centerpiece, that centerpiece, that centerpiece. And that really helped me in my writing too, is I felt like I was going all over the place until I said, Hey, you know what? What's my centerpiece? What am I centering this thing on? And then I'm going to go out here, but then I'm going to orbit on back to my centerpiece again and again. And then also uh, when you know, I put together my whole book, that really, I, I wrote the whole book. Then I f- figured out what the centerpiece is. Then I reworked it. So everything goes out, but it keeps coming back to that centerpiece. This is about a dad and his daughter. This is about a dad and his daughter. This is the special relationship of a dad and his daughter. And we're going to keep going with that. Wherever we end up, we're going to end up right back there. And I think yeah. that rooted the whole thing for me. Nice. Yeah. And that can get into all sorts of things. Yeah, I've, I've always growing up reading books. I was always very plot focused. Um, that's just kind of how my brain right. works. Um, and as I've be, gotten more into writing and listening to other authors, um, you know, character arc is just as important as plot arc. Yes. And it's something I never even like didn't even enter my brain bef- when I was younger, you know? like Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, and so like, like you say, having that, that kind of anchor point of maybe it's not just a plot arc. It's okay. My character needs to go from A to B and that journey is just as important as whatever is happening. In the it's plot. happening in the story. Yeah, I, uh, so. every single year, the last day of school, probably except for this year, <laughs> I would show the movie Elf. I would show mm-hmm. my kids Elf every year. They didn't really know the story behind Elf. I just showed elf and i loved it It is a classic and i don't even know why i loved it and then uh just two days ago netflix dropped the holiday movies that made us and they had the backstory of elf and the neat story behind it was the guy that wrote elf was a no one writer living in la and he found a manager who was a no one manager who found a junior producer and together they make the movie Elf. And you're wondering, why is this movie so good though? It really resonates with me. And at the very end, they say the the guy that's the writer, they're interviewing him, the guy that wrote the original screenplay. And he says, my dad died when I was young and Elf is about mm-hmm. a son finding his dad. That's what it's about. And I just, it hit me. And I was like, that's genuine. That started out as genuine. Wherever it went, it ended up being about a dad and his father or a dad and his, and his son reconnecting yeah. and having that relationship is very genuine. Yeah. I think that's a good place to kind of uh, end today. We're, we're up at 35 minutes here. I think this was a good conversation. I think so, it was uh, great. Yeah. It's good talking to you as usual, John. And if uh, you're listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, 
feel free to reach out to us if, if you have anything uh, you'd like to hear from us on. We're always looking for good ideas. So you can find me at uh, Car Seat Conversations. Look up Car Seat Conversations. You'll find me. I have a website. I'm on Facebook, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I think that's another thing about uh, creativity is being willing to listen to other people. <laughs> uh, you know, so collaboration is great. So it's awesome. Uh, we got to be creative as we come up with podcast episodes. That's right. We have some lined up for you guys. Uh, we have some pre-recorded. I'm not 100% sure what order I'm going to drop things. It's kind of as I get to them. Uh, but and, and we have one we haven't uh, recorded yet. We're really excited about where John's going to talk about um, his his process of finding an agent and how, how that all went down for him. So stay tuned for that one, too. That one will be coming your way soon. And we're glad to be back at it. Uh, this is a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we're writing in progress, so make sure you mark that on your uh, iTunes. So, yeah, subscribe, comment, rate us. We want to show up on everyone's algorithms. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> anything you can do to help uh, interact with us is 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 helpful. So, yeah. All right. You do you, you want to say your 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 lines? You have them ready there or no? No, we're good. <laughs> All right, no more lines. We're we're unscripted now. <laughs> Stay in progress, everybody. We'll see you next time.